Hi everyone and welcome to this second year's episode of Adjari Talks. Today we're talking about the CBK Amendment Act which came into force recently and I have with me and it's my honor to have with me Nicola Maruki who's the senior counsel for Tala uh, Digital Lender and Kevin Motiso who is the chairman of DLAC uh, which is the Digital Lenders Association of Kenya. So we're going to have a very vivid conversation about the act, its impact on digital lenders in this country uh, and what it really means. Um, so let's start off. Nicola, introduce yourself. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you for asking me to to be part of this podcast. Uh, I've been a keen listener, actually, since uh, the beginning. So um, it's an honor to be here today. That is, that is very, very kind of you. And Kevin, this is your second time here. Yeah. We, we, we need you more than you need us, I guess. No, I don't think that's true. I think what you've been doing is very good. It's very, been very informative. I've actually really enjoyed some of the podcasts. Some of them? You should be saying all of them. I mean, some <laughs> have been kidding. really, really good. Thank you. Um, um, yeah, if you want me even to say which ones, I can. You can, you can, <laughs> but don't worry. We can have a separate conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. And you guys are the perfect people for this conversation, which is what we try and do. We try and get the people who know about um, the hot topic at hand, and they're the ones to discuss it for us, yeah? Um Kevin, when I spoke to you on Monday, just as a, as a background, you said that you were happy, the happiest you've been in a long time. Tell us, what is putting a smile on your face um, recently? Um, I think what's making me happy is just that we started this journey in 2018. And yeah. the initial reaction or the initial feeling was that the regulatory framework was against us, wasn't uh, pro-innovation, was... Um, you know, anti-digital lending. I feel now the stance is a little bit more uh, welcoming. Yeah. And as a result, um, it's a, it's, I mean, from where I'm sitting, it's a mile, it's miles apart from where we began. Where you started. And that's, that's for me a big thing. I actually thought you were going to talk about your recent wedding, but I guess that's not the conversation <laughs> we're having. But congratulations <laughs> on getting married. That's an amazing, amazing change of pace um, for your life. Yeah, I mean, um, I thought we were discussing professional stuff, but I, I got <laughs> married um, on the 10th of December, 2021. Congratulations. Congratulations. Santi Sana. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a big deal. We're, we're very happy for you, Kevin. It's mm. a it's a very big deal. Nicola, this is your first time on the podcast. Um, and thank you for joining us. For the audience, tell us about about yourself. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, as, as you've introduced me, my name's Nicola Morioki. I'm Senior Legal Counsel with Tala. Um, I've been with Tala four months now. Yeah. Uh, moving in-house um, where previously I've, I was working for a legal consultancy in Nairobi um, for the past five years. Uh, but originally from the UK. Uh, having lived in Kenya now for 10 years. Amazing, amazing. So what brought you to Kenya? I mean, I, I saw, I researched and I saw that we were both trainees at the same time in London. Uh, we were both in the city at a time where there was a recession, etc. Um, what brought you to Kenya? How do you find it being here for 10 years um, and having, I guess, made a family here? Yeah, yeah. Created a family. Well, yes, I trained I, and, and qualified in, in London, I think around the same time as The same as year, you. actually. Um, yeah, a long time ago now, 2010. <laughs> yeah. uh, when you say 2010, you realize how, how time has flown by. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but trained and qualified with a fantastic firm called Kingsley Napley in, in, this, in central London. Um, worked there for a couple of years and then moved to Nairobi in 2012. Um, my surname is The Giveaway. Yeah. Um, you know, I got married uh, to my husband who's Kenyan, who's from Nairobi. And, and yeah, we moved here and it's been very happy ever since. Yeah. So just for, for from a personal perspective, because you've moved from in-house and first of all, 
when you were practicing, you were in arbitration dispute resolution, mm. and now you're in-house at a digital lender. Can you tell tell the audience what's the difference between, first of all, working in private practice and working um, in, in, in-house? And then secondly, um, what's the impact or the, or the change of pace between dispute resolution and then being a general counsel or senior general counsel? Sure. I mean, when I started off in, in London, it was very much um, general commercial litigation or dispute resolution, as it's now known. Yeah. Um, just advising on a range of matters, whether it's um, defamation, breach of contract, civil yeah. fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really enjoyed about that and still do um, is the variety of experience. You know, the industries that you're advising can be completely different yeah. across the board. The legal issues are completely different. And you're also advising not just on legal issues, but commercial strategy um relevant to any particular client so that lends itself well to being in-house yes mm-hmm. um and then as i said so that when i moved to to kenya i mo- as you mentioned i moved into uh, dispute resolution of a different kind not through the courts but international arbitration disputes and whereas advising a range of east african clients on again commercial disputes yeah but funneling through through international arbitration or mediation um and then having now made that shift in, into in-house um I think a lot of the skills from from coming from a dispute resolution background lends themselves well to to being in house because yeah. um, you know no day is the same yeah. uh, especially at Tala you're you're advising people across guilds across departments whether it's the product team on a particular issue whether it's an employee yeah. matter whether it's regulation like we're here to mm-hmm. discuss today yeah. um, you've got that uh, flexibility that agility because you've come from from that particular background and also uh, I, I guess a, a peaceful or calm approach to uh, to matters because you're a dispute resolution resoluter is that the right word Kevin? Uh, no. <laughs> you're the lawyers the Resol- you look yeah. for solutions I guess you're, you're is, already is used or used to or experienced in managing expectations Mm. Uh, you know it's a different type of client all your clients um, are from the same company but also being in-house is great because you're more of a business advisor yeah uh, which actually has been really nice for me to to make that move from private practice to being in-house because as a, as a litigator, as somebody advising on disputes all the time, yeah. clients only want you when things have gone wrong. And when you've resolved the matter, they're very happy. You know, they don't want to see you anymore in the yeah. nicest possible way. They're Correct. like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you're in-house, yes, you might be advising on disputes, but you're also advising on how to advance business strategy, yeah. le- being legally compliant. Um, and, and that's actually a lot of fun because mm. you get to see business growth. Yeah. Well... All very exciting things, Nicola, and thank you for taking us through that. Um, now let's talk about the business side of things. And let's start with you, Kevin. So um, DLAC, we've talked about it before, and I think we just need a refresher, is the Digital Lenders Association of Kenya. Tell us what you guys do. Okay, so the Digital Lenders Association of Kenya was formed in 2018 by seven lenders. Yeah. Um, it has now grown to over 25 members. Um, and we're actually going through a process of having a setting up a secretariat so that we can absorb more members and yeah. we can have tiered memberships um, so that we can have more uh, fintechs. So not just lenders, but fintechs. Yeah. Um, we have three main objectives. The first objective was to get progressive regulation for the sector. Um, up until December 24th last year, we were not regulated 
um, and there was no law that yeah. there was no law that governed us, for lack of a better word. Um, and by September now, we will be regulated. Um, and so moving forward, it will be <clears throat> trying to improve what's already there and any other uh, policy recommendations we can make that could improve um, the innovation in our sector. Um, the second thing was uh, financial literacy. Yeah. Um, so we have a big thing called the Money March. The Money uh, March. Yes. So okay. every March, we have, <laughs> uh, as an industry, we, we sort of come up with a thematic and then we all advertise and teach our customers about that thematic. Oh, wow. So we're just about to launch um, the Money March in the next few weeks and we're going to have a huge conference on the 17th of March. Oh, we'll wow. invite you. Thank you so much. What is the Mar the Money March this March about? Um, so we've not yet decided what that will be, but okay. when we when we do know, we'll let it'll you be know. But it'll be something that will be exciting. It'll be around data privacy and about how to repay loans. So oh. Advising, teaching. basically teaching. Yeah, teaching customers the benefits of repaying loans on time. But in addition to that, understanding um, the data, what they are, what rights they have um, as a customer on a digital platform. I mean, that's that's very important for yes, anyone who's yes. using those kind of products. Yeah. yeah. And then the third thing is research. Mm -hmm. um, We've always wanted to, so a lot of, in the beginning, a lot of the research coming out was from the custom, um, sort of the, uh, what do you call them? You know, NGOs would go into the marketplace and then do the research and then say, yeah. these are the insights. Mm -hmm. um, what we wanted to do is sort of say, okay, we've had the other side. Listen, you know, let's give you a perspective from yeah. the business. Yeah. Um, and so one of the initiatives we set up and is now pretty, we sort of got in momentum is a thing called the credit barometer. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and the objective with that is to launch it every quarter. And we ask, we give a survey to our customers. We usually get about 2,000. Last November, we had <clears throat> about 2,000. Yeah. Um, and, you know, de de derive insights and then we share that with the public. And the idea there is we use that, you know, we're hoping decision makers are using that data wow. to, for policy making. I love this, Kevin. You always bring us such insight. Um, so the, the reason you're here is because you're the chairman of the Digital Lenders Association. And the reason Nicola is here is because she's um, Tala, who is a digital lender. So talk about, let's talk about Tala, Nicola. Tell us what um, Tala does in the market and how it came into the market and how it's approached its customer base. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I should say Tala was one of the founding members of, of DILAC and, and is still a very proactive member yeah. in supporting DILAC in its aims and objectives today. So we're also very heavily involved in Money March, which will be exciting this yes. year, especially as Kevin's mentioned around all the issues that are very with the current, regulation, yeah. both mm -hmm. with regulation and even data privacy, because yeah. the idea... Uh, that again Tala has always supported is trying to just empower our customers and, and enable them to have that financial literacy yeah. to make mm -hmm. informed choices um, but just about Tala itself yeah, it's a it's a mission driven finance uh, a finance technology company a fintech um, it was founded by um, Shivani Soroya uh, who had uh, done extensive um, research on yeah. microfinance um, in India and sub-Saharan Africa, I think, um, in around 2007, 2009. Yeah. And she saw a gap in the market where um, 
there was an ability to lend people that didn't traditionally have access to credit. Yeah. Um, so Kenya was actually the first market that Tala oh, wow, okay. launched in in mm-hmm. 2014. Mm-hmm. So we have been here a long time. A very long time, actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think um, it's only recently that we that we've obviously been in the press uh, with the launch of a new product, which has been a very exciting. Yeah. Time so for it's Tala. called Dicha Gulia. It is yeah. a due date, or, or I'll, I'll say loans your way, because otherwise I'll butcher the, the Swahili translation. Not, not, more than, not more than I've butchered it already. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, Tala's mission is obviously to, to enable uh, credit and access to credit for, for the underbanked in yeah. Kenya and globally. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in Kenya, but we operate in other markets, um, Mexico, India, and the Philippines. Um in terms of the new product, uh, yeah, it's been very exciting because we've moved from offering term loans to providing our customers with access to, to choose their due date, to choose yeah. when they repay, yeah. um, which just gives them so much more financial choice, um, yeah. you know, and empowers them, basically. I mean, the, the idea is that you're you're making an autonomous decision and it's not imposed on you, which is, you know, exactly what you want, because you want someone to say, I've taken out this loan, I have said the date that I'll repay it and therefore... Um, stick to their obligations. Yeah, and just supports what they need the the credit for. Correct. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's a medical emergency, whether it's to fund business supplies, because a lot of our customers are MSMEs. Um, you know when you're looking to come into money. Yeah. Um, so you can set the repayment date to when that is, so yeah. that you know you 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 feel confident in your ability to mm-hmm. access that credit. And what's the what's the maximum for our audience? Uh, in in terms of loans, yeah. right now thirty thousand shillings. So it's still relatively manageable and not you know some well it's relatively manageable, not, yeah. not over. Um, oh, and 50, and it's 000. also risk based pricing. So the 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 loan that you might be offered or the amount of credit that you might be offered will depend on your circumstances Correct. based on the risks mm. assessments that Tala does when you sign up. Many of the digital lenders do when you sign up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know you might be given. Uh, a certain amount and it's up to you what you, you you take and you know the period of time of which Correct. you're able to take it. Correct. This now brings us neatly onto the CBK amendment. Can I say something though? Yes, of course you can. So I love the way she pro- sort of introduced her business. You know, it's mission driven. And DLAC, that's actually one of the key things. We were also trying to differentiate ourselves from the rogue lender. So there was a time in this country where um, there was the digital lending curse where people were saying we, you know, dead shame, etc. All these bad yeah. manners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that she's sort of brought out the point that because they are the type of fintech that's trying to solve a financial inclusion problem, right? Yeah. My business, Oye, we're trying to do the same thing with Border Borders, right? Talk about Oye, because no, no, so far we've, we've only talked about DLAC. Go ahead. No, no, that's what I mean. So Oye, for example, is trying is giving free insurance to Border Borders as we collect data on them to then offer them relevant financial digital loans. So right? you're giving them free insurance yes, in exchange time, for data? Every time they fuel at our partner petrol station. So they fuel every day. Mm-hmm. So every time they get to the petrol station, they say, Ekana Oye. Um, they put in the fuel and then it's activated on our back end. And, and it's insurance per day or per... It's insurance per month. Mm-hmm. So they have a target of number of liters they need to get to. Before they can be covered. Yeah, for the first right. time. And then mm-hmm. every time after that, um, they're just filling up for the next month. Wow. And we're giving them up to 10,000 shillings uh, refund on uh, medical bills. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have not discussed what the actual uh, CBK Amendment Act says or does, right? So we need to, to go there. The, the first thing that it does, Nicola, what is it? 
Yeah, so the so the CPK uh, Amendment Act, as Kevin said, it was it was passed and introduced in <laughs> December last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it basically mandates the Central Bank of Kenya as as the regulator for digital lenders. It gives them uh, or mandates them to have licensing and governance or supervisory. Um, what's the word? And conduct market conduct. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, every digital credit business or anyone providing uh, credit on a digital platform uh, will now be required to apply for a license um, from the CBK uh, once the regulations have been published. As Kevin says, we're expecting them by the 23rd of March. And for existing providers, there's a six-month window. Mm-hmm. So at least we have that certainty as existing players in the market. You've, you, we've got between, let's say, March and September to, to, to apply from that license. Yeah. And then from a conduct point of view, the regulations, which are still in the draft form, give operational effect to the act and tell digital lenders, digital credit providers, what we need to be doing in order to be compliant um, as far as the CBK is concerned. If you go to the DLAC website and look at who are the DLAC members, it's a lot of mission-driven fintechs. We're here to solve a problem. Mm. Yes, so the the, the issue with the the mission-driven statement is that um, far from being seen as mission driven yes. and doing, you know, uh, accessing financial inclusion for people, uh, digital lenders who had a bad reputation for being yes. seen as loan sharks and really going aggressively to uh, collect their debts. And so, I guess what we're what we're trying to say is that was the CBK Amendment Act or was the regulation going to come anyway and you needed to be ahead of the curve or did you see that in order for you to be seen as financially inclusive you needed to be regulated and you were willing to go along with that? So it's a combination of things. We, first of all, we needed to differentiate ourselves so that we could be taken seriously when our participation was requested. So Mm -hmm. by law, we must have the public participation, right? Now, if we were considered as the bad actors, any um, recommendations or ideas we presented would never have been taken seriously. So the idea was coming together, right? Yeah. Sign a code of conduct that sort of says you can do this and you can't do this. Adhere to that code of conduct and then now say, these are the regulations we want ahead before we attacked for lack of a better word right? <laughs> yeah. so we wanted to get ahead of the situation mm-hmm. because regulation was coming anyway and i guess, and i guess you got ahead of the curve isn't it well yeah and i think just on that i mean there are genuine mis- mission driven uh, organizations exactly. yeah. out there mm-hmm. tala being one of them so you know look we came into the market in 2014 um dilac was 2018 2019 so it was very much trying to solve a, a problem that was in the market because there was a lot of mistrust yes. about you know, yeah. we've all seen it in the papers, digital lenders debt yeah. shaming or digital lenders calling people in your phone book. So it was very much what can we do to try and set ourselves apart, both individually as organizations, yeah. but also collectively as industry players. Exactly. Yeah. Um, tell us what are the gains that you got from, uh, the, you know, participating in the discussions, you know, moving from the amendment bill to the act. Uh, and what do you think the act um, is? It, is it a good act for you guys? I'll start with the, the, the last question. Is the bill perfect? Is the act? Because now it's an act. Mm. Um, It's as good as we could get it, right? So the way it works is that every stakeholder has a say 
and at the end of the day the parliamentarians are the ones who choose mm-hmm. right so think of it like a court case we all made our case we all had our points we all had our facts we presented them and some were picked and some weren't so one of the big issues um we felt that the bill the, the bill before it became an act had was the decisions business decisions um not a business decision sorry uh, minimum capital requirements so what we call prudential guidelines right we're not banks we're not deposit taking institutions yeah. why should we then be subject to prudential guidelines yeah um and we made a compelling case and the parliamentarians listened and struck that off yeah um now we are at the stage where the regulations have been issued by the central bank as yeah. per the act and so the next phase is was commenting on those regulations and it was actually Nicola and her team that sort of did the legal heavy lifting um and i mean she, i think there was a brilliant they they split it into three harmonization so there were a lot of pieces of the regulations that would need um say something from the data commissioner's office or so so bringing together all the pieces of legislation that work together so that they're harmonized so that you yeah. don't mm-hmm. have inconsistencies which by the way cost money to the business so mm. there's an inconsistency correct because you need to get it interpreted and that costs money yeah, yeah. um the second uh was those things that did, those that the, the regulations that didn't have say timelines and would affect business decisions and business growth mm. and i'll give you a good example if we don't get a timeline for how long uh, a license is issued right i as the investor and as the ceo of the business i need to know so do i have four staff do i have one staff are we waiting 6 months are we waiting 9 mm-hmm. months and there are real costs to the business yeah. when we have that uncertainty So those are some of the recommendations we had in in this and then the final piece was what can we add to the to the regulations to make it even better mm-hmm. and future sort of orientated so we we sort of suggested what is known as a sandbox which is um a very innovative way of regulators sort of accepting new ideas um and testing them within a what they call a safe yeah, framework safe, and yeah. then you know once that safe space they've gotten comfortable with the idea and the market and they have seen the risks they can now make regulation specific yeah. to that entity but that but product. who is are people already in the sandbox or are they've not decided no these are the suggestions we made oh, okay. as per the public participation that yeah. they are sort of given the right to in the constitution so now we wait for march 23rd which is when the final regulations will come out and then we have to be compliant by september 23rd okay, 2022 okay okay fine have i missed anything no 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 beautiful thing about kenya is we have precedent so mpesa mm. when mpesa is being ideated it's a, on paper and in, in technology it's very easy to do it's very nice right but it had to be regulated by someone and in those days there was no payment service called the national payments act national payment service act yeah yeah, no, mm-hmm. yeah that was in there so they used a sandbox like framework yeah. to test the idea of mpesa and when they saw that it would have benefit a real benefit to the society they then adopted it and created regulation specific yeah. so i mean the the actual things that you need to do are for example becoming a data controller under the data protection act um there's you know 
regulation on uh, fit and proper tests for directors and shareholders and shareholding requirements. Those things are very onerous for a lot of of businesses. And that's the real impact on a company like Tala. So what, what I would ask you is whether or not you're satisfied that these regulations are things that you can meet and are not discouraging um, other digital lenders from coming into um, this marketplace. Your first question about Tala's <laughs> ability to, to satisfy the regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, they are still in the draft form. As Kevin says, we have given um, uh, our feedback both as Tala and then we've uh, been supporting DILAC in giving DILAC's um, feedback on the additions that we think should, the CBK should consider uh, to make the regulations better. And, and as Kevin's mentioned, harmonization and clarity, because clarity yeah. is key for both the regulator and for business, because both benefit the consumer at the end of the day, which is actually the purpose of the, the act and the regulations. The point that, the point that you made mm. is that you, you've given your commentary on the regulations so that, mm-hmm. you know, so that there's an interpretive way of businesses such as DLAC, such as Tala, um, coming, you know, being uh, compliant. But the Act already has set a course for what is required of a digital lender. And so, how do you marry what the Act says uh, with any commentary on regulation, which is only then to interpret what the Act already provides? Well, the regulations themselves actually dictate what. Uh, a digital lender or digital credit provider actually has, has to, to do, do. Mm-hmm. one to to obtain a license mm-hmm. from the CBK but also in terms of the conduct aspect what it actually needs to do continuously um, because it is going to be under this the supervisory role ambit yeah. of the CBK mm-hmm. now on a rolling basis mm-hmm. um, you, you will apply for a license I think it's renewable every one two I two think it's years. One, it, it, I'm almost certain it's a year. Yeah, and I think then it's the CBK releases a list it every does. March. It does by March thirty first. Okay, okay, okay. So, so if you're not on the list, so so yeah, there's yeah. there's two there's two elements to it. One, licensing because you've got to be licensed. Um, to, to be ordered to operate in Kenya yeah. mm-hmm. and two from a conduct perspective what have you got to be doing continuously to satisfy your licensing requirements because if the CBK sees that you're failing those requirements then obviously there are powers under the, the act the regulations uh, to suspend a license or to even revoke a license yeah. Yeah. Um, so and then third is transitionary uh, clauses. So yeah. that was the third thing. And maybe that's another win we can say DLAC um, and the ecosystem achieved. Yeah. Achieved. So by... talk to us about that then. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the original uh, bill did not have any transitionary clauses. It was basically once the bill is passed, we all have to be compliant on the next day. Um, if you've been in the financial sector before, you know what kind of mess that causes. Um, because then and you uncertainty. have uncertainty again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we recommended that we have a set of transitionary clauses which basically said, look, one, give us time to comment on the regulations, right? So that the CBK releases the regulation and then we then get a chance to say, we think this and that. Yeah. And then two, um, we need time to comply, mm-hmm. right? It costs money. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both VC funded. So we have to, we have budgets, we have, you know, we have to justify expenses, ETC, yeah. mm-hmm. and we have to allocate the money from somewhere. Of course. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. we initially, I think, wanted 12 months um, and it was scaled down to six months. Okay. I mean, the, the 12 months, I think, was ambitious in this marketplace. Yeah. So, so to come to your point, 
if you're exi- you're an existing player in the market, we do have a six month transition yes. period, yes. which is quite good. Yeah. yeah, which is great. It's better yeah. than nothing. Yeah. I mean, twelve months would have been great. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah. you know, the the initial draft, the CPK have worked hard to to have quite a balanced framework. No, it did. It did. Um, yeah. So even working with the initial draft, businesses right now know if they're not already operating yes. in, in line yeah. with those requirements yes. where they need to be transitioning into. Yeah. Yes. And also be, because one of the other requirements is to be incorporated in Kenya. So anyone who is not needs to now come into come come in line with that. Yeah. So well, this, I think it's hard to operate a lending business in Kenya without being incorporated in Kenya because you, you disperse either using M-Peso oh, or, yes, correct. or mm-hmm. RTGS and mm-hmm. you, you can't mm-hmm. have a bank account. Um, without for that. that type of business in Kenya without, um, without being a, with a Kenya company. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. the other thing that you touched on, Jerry, was you, you've mentioned, you know, in order to be licensed, you've got to have a, cert, a certificate um, of registration from mm-hmm. the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner. Okay. So, you know, those two, it's what we were talking about, harmonization, they're, they're so entwined together. You know, digital lenders will now have to register and as data controllers and also possibly data processors before they can apply for licensing under the act. Yeah. So there is a lot going on right now. Then the other thing is, is the data commissioner's office ready to issue those kind of um, certificates? Because they are also a very new organization that maybe has not come into um, their own. I know that they're doing a lot of activity, but it seems to me that everything is being put together very quickly without maybe um, giving time for the establishment of these things. I mean, I don't think we can comment on um, what a government office is doing. What I can say, though, is the support for that office from all arms of government is very, it's very mm. high. It's, mm. it's, I think um, today at the payments event, um, she was, she, the, the data commissioner was there, and her office was was discussed. Um, we've been to several yeah. forum where they uh, they invite us or. Or we we are in, we are invited we are both invited and we're both given a space to speak about what we're trying to do. So I think there's a lot of engagement going on with the various stakeholders, um, and I think what I can say uh, representing DLAC is we support that office as well <laughs> fully. <laughs> yeah, I mean who doesn't? We but I think what we're talking about is much is much more. Is it operationally feasible? I mean they're the, getting there. We've yeah. already had yeah. a couple of meetings. Um, met the secretariat um, we have a game plan we have you know I think what people um, or rather what can be misunderstood is that things there's nothing that happens in a day right so it may feel like certain things are not moving fast yeah but trust me I think they're moving as fast as they possibly can yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think and I think just to, to that point um, as the big push for for data protection right now is is mass sensitization throughout yeah. Kenya. Yeah. Um, so the registration has to happen mm. regardless of of what's going on. Uh, so many organisations, digital lenders included, are going to have to register. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just for for digital lenders, we will have to register in yeah. order to be licensed yes. um, by the CBK. As well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, all of the. I mean, all of this is 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 
complicated to someone who may not understand what has been going on in the background. But essentially what we're saying is that in order to be operational as a digital lender in Kenya at the moment, um, the CBK Amendment Act has brought in changes that require you to be uh, licensed, um, licensed not only by the CBK, but um, also recognized as a data controller by the data commissioner, as well as additional requirements um, to do with the, the company's incorporation. Uh, and so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the regulations um, come out, what they, what they say, uh, and the impact that they have on businesses. So I guess watch this space, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're just eagerly awaiting the, yeah. the final form. And in fact, you asked a question, um, are we happy with the regulation? It's a very difficult question to answer. I think we are happy with the work we've done so far. Um, but until the game starts, we don't know also. Right? <laughs> so um, we're hoping for the best. Yeah. I guess, Nicola, for looking to the future... Once you've uh, accepted that you are legislated for, or there is legislation that governs you, uh, it kind of leads into more entrenched regulation. Is that something that you're prepared to fight? What are you going to do? I mean, the, 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 now that you've accepted, yes, fight. Why not? Uh, I, I, lobby. I, is it? There's the word lobby against. I, I think it's more of a, mm -hmm. a consult. Hopefully, a consultative dis Process, discussion yeah. that, mm -hmm. that there remains an ongoing discussion because. We are in a new space. Uh, we have moved from complete, being completely unregulated in Kenya to now obviously being regulated, and there is a need for that. Yeah. And I think, as we were talking about earlier, the mission-driven, responsible lenders are f supportive of regulation in Kenya because it does benchmark standards. Yeah. Um, it does sensitize the consumers on what digital lenders are about and, and the standards that they should be adhering to and gives confidence in the industry, which then also fosters innovation. Um, but to go now to wh where do I see it going? It's an unknown because we, we're entering a regulated space this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We still don't have the final draft of the, the regulations. Um, we're going to have to see how licensing and, and being supervised pans out. But what I would hope is there are, there are no fights. <laughs> <laughs> and it's more of a continuous discussion because, yeah. you know, I think we all recognize Kenya is a, is a leader in fintech innovation and we want to continue to, yeah, to we, promote we, that we and support that, that. We need that market because we're a great playing uh, playing field for fintech organizations and the, the customers have been very willing to engage in um you know, different products and innovative yes. products that have come into the market. Before um, I give anything, sorry to interrupt you, I think the digital lending industry has demonstrated and can be used as a case study of how to regulate a cutting-edge industry because what happened was they let us run, Yeah. right? A lot of mistakes were made along the way. Um, some, you know, could have been avoided perhaps, but now we're being regulated with a full understanding of what the risks are, yeah. which is a better way of regulating a business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so the second point is I don't think it's going to be a fight per se because I don't think the banks, for example, fight to the CBK. Right? You're regulated <laughs> under the CBK. Yes, you do have... Um, 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 what, do you call it? what do you call them? Conflict. Right, but I don't think it's it, it it gets to the point where a solution cannot be found. No, and a solution has to be found in yes. an environment where people want um, the economy to progress and for customers to continue to engage. Yeah. For digital lenders, what I'd advise them to do is 
you know, look at the existing, the, the first draft of uh, regulations and start sort of planning your way um, because a lot the frame a lot of the 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 framework is going to be similar. Okay. I don't think they're going to change um, the framework too much. They might change the detail, but they won't change the framework. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if you're in the digital lending space, I'd advise you to join DLAC. You know, go to <laughs> Why our not? website. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. DLAK.co.ke. Mm-hmm. Um, we now have a secretariat. Um, we're soon changing our name to the Digital Financial Services Association of Kenya to okay. encompass more fintech. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think we've now shown that we can deliver. And I think that's, that's a perfect way to end this uh, discussion. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, Nicola. Thank you. I mean, all, all we can say is that the, the regulation should be encouraged. It's the implementation that, that we're yet to see, and we want to see it um, benefit both the customer as it's supposed to, and also not affect businesses, which is what we want to see. Anyway, this has been a very interesting, stimulating discussion with Kevin, Matisa, and Nicola Maruki on the CBK Amendment Act. Um, thank you guys for listening, and see you next month. <laughs>